him according to his mighty act. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Come on, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Clap your hands and give the Lord an apostolic praise in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You deserve it. Anybody feel that way about it? It'll make you do it different when you realize he deserves it. He deserves it. He's been good to me. No one can tell it like I can what the Lord has done for me. Praise God. Nobody can clap their hands for you. Nobody can lift their voice for you. Nobody can celebrate him for you. Ah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Let's make it loud in the house of God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. Praise God. Amen. Good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. First and foremost. And then good to be back at the Rock Church, Fort Myers. Amen. Praise God. And uh, my journey here this afternoon ended up being twice as long as it was supposed to due to wonderful traffic jams. Praise God. But I kept my Holy Ghost. Thank you. Amen. It wasn't easy. But the Lord brought me through. Amen. And uh, got in right just in the nick of time to get together and uh, come out here and be with you all in service and walked into a move of the Holy Ghost. That's the way it ought to be. Amen. We don't have to be jealous of the upper room. Same God. Same God. Amen. And he's in this place today. And the Bible said, came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting amen and when I come in there was a lot of folks standing but God still had filled the house praise God amen and the will of God is for the same thing to happen here tonight that happened on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem in the upper room there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. Amen. It's the will of God today for His Spirit to go with you when you leave this place. God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost at the Rock Church tonight. Amen. We certainly are missing your good bishop. Amen. Appreciate him very much. And uh, so happy that I was here a few days ago to see all the celebration. Amen. You, and I know you are. But you need to be thankful for a good man of God. I know you are. Amen. Amen. But you have a man in your pulpit that has absolute passion for the work of God. Amen. I have, I have never seen your pastor preach that when he got done, he wasn't pouring sweat. Even now that he's skinny. Amen. That passion just coming out of him, reaching for folks. Amen. And you get to have him as your pastor. Amen. They're, they're calling him all over the country, wanting him to come preach, but he's your pastor. Amen. God is good to Fort Myers. And uh, I'm glad he's my friend. Amen. And 
God bless all of you, your faithfulness to the house of the Lord, your kindness to me. Folks were pointing me where to go, and I was like a lost sheep trying to figure out what to do and when to do it, but here I am. They got me here. Praise God. Amen. They got me here. Now I know what to do. Now that I'm up here, I know once I'm behind the pulpit, amen, I've got decades under my belt, and uh, I, I am... I'm good once I get in the pulpit. Isaiah chapter number 1 and verse number 18. God bless Sister Williams. Amen. And the family, the Williams family. Amen. God bless them and appreciate them so very much. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 1 and verse number 18. They gave me a bottle of water and I said, if you give me a full bottle, that's three hours worth. And then I was teasing. I said, I might turn my back. Somebody dump out half my water. Praise God. Amen. Two-thirds of my water. No, I just, I'll try to be uh, time aware. And uh, I'll just preach short and then drink the bottle of water afterwards. How does that sound? I might have to take a sip in between here and there, but we'll make it through. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If, there's a lot hinging on that little word. If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And then we have this. None of us are going to live in this verse. But it's here for those that choose. If you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. But we want to live north of verse number 20. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Amen. I want to talk to us from that word used in that first verse we read. Come now and let us reason together. And I want to talk about the reasoning, the reasoning. Let's lift our voice and ask God to have his way in these next few moments. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful opportunity to be in your presence. It's so real in this place. You are so real in this place. We feel your touch, God. We acknowledge your presence. We're asking that your word would go forth according to your will in this service. Touch every heart. Touch every mind. Fill somebody in this place, God, with your spirit. Break chains in this house. Loose shackles, God. Destroy yokes, as we know you're well able to do. Have your way, God, and we'll give you the glory and the praise for every good and perfect gift cometh down from you. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands and thank God for the word of God, for we're seated. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word. Praise God. Thank you for standing so long. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> I want to talk to us today just for a few moments about the sin problem. We have, we have a sin problem in this world. David said it goes all the way back to a point where it was really out of our control. He said, in sin was I conceived and I was shapen in iniquity. Amen. Before I ever got a chance to make a choice, I was already indebted to God. I was in the red, just being part of the human race. 
Amen. It was inevitable. It was inevitable because our flesh is weak. Everybody get a good plug of your skin. Amen. Your flesh. Everybody has flesh. We have carnality. We have, amen, fleshly desires and fleshly lusts. And it put us in debt from the very beginning. And we started out as a child. We started out as a child. There's babies that don't even know words yet other than us that learn how to manipulate. Praise God. And then as soon as words come, then they start getting good at this thing called lying. Amen. And no, I didn't do it. And then when they get a sibling, they get somebody to blame it on. And boy, that's a good day. Praise God. Amen. When you got an alibi, when you got, hey man, you can point fingers at somebody and say they're the ones that did it. I was sitting over here adjusting my halo. I was over here being the angel that I was born to be. Praise God. Amen. It's amazing. It's amazing. You're looking around your house saying, who taught my kid how to lie? Amen. And then, and then they, they start showing signs of anger. And, and, and then, amen, it just progresses. That, that sin problem that we have, it just goes downhill like a snowball. Now, down here in Fort Myers, y'all have white sand, but where I'm from, we have white snow. And it buries our houses. We get sometimes, amen, above 200 inches of snow in a year. And uh, we spend a lot of time. Some folks said, how do you make it through? We ain't got no choice. Amen. We've learned how to survive. And when folks retire up there, that's why, hey man, you see them coming down here once their hair's white. Amen. And they've retired. They're coming down here because they're tired of shoveling snow. One fellow said he was driving. They saw him with a snow shovel taped to the top of his car. And they said, what's that shovel up there for? He said, I'm going to drive with this snow shovel on my car until I get somewhere where somebody says, what's that? And that's where I'm going to stay. Amen. <laughs> and all way up there, way up there where I'm from, uh, in the upper peninsula of Michigan, all the way down to Fort Myers, all the way across the face of this earth, amen, we have, we have a sin problem. We have a sin problem. There's liars in Canada. They're just more polite about it, praise God. Amen. There's liars in every language. The Bible said all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. If that sin problem doesn't get answered, we have a guaranteed finish. And it's not a good one. The wages of sin is death. There is a payday coming. When we don't fix the sin problem in our life, amen, like that snowball that we made so many of where I was from, that thing rolls down a hill. It gets bigger and bigger as it accumulates more and more. And as we go deeper and deeper in sin, the sin problem gets worse and worse. And we find ourselves with thicker and thicker chains. We find ourselves, amen, in tighter and tighter shackles as life progresses. And we continue to make decisions and choices that pull us away from God. Amen. It's a heavy burden to carry. The Bible calls it condemnation. We've already, we've already been judged. The, the, the law book has already been written. The Bible said the word is forever settled in heaven. And in our Bible, the wages of sin, it's in the law, it is written, is death. 
It's death. The Bible said that when we discover the sin problem in our life, though we take to us, I can't, I can't help but find a little humor in the word of God. But it says, though you take to yourself much soap, you can't wash away the sin from your record. You can take showers all day long and never let hot water accumulate in your tank. You can't wash away the sin on your own. Then it uses the word niter, and it said, if you use niter, which was so abrasive in Bible times that nowadays it would be tantamount to lava soap. Anybody ever use lava soap? Lava soap's that stuff that when you start scrubbing, it feels like, amen, you're not trying to get the dirt off, you're trying to get the skin off. Lava soap is gritty, and, and lava soap is abrasive. And he said you can, you can use niter. You can, you can take soap that is abrasive and try to wash the sin out of your life, but you can't do it. We don't have the answer to it. And the more we try to get things right in our life, outside of God, the more wrong things go. Praise God. Amen. And so we got to answer the sin problem. Now let me, let me talk about sin for a moment. Amen. Sin, the Bible said all unrighteousness, everything that's not right is sin. You ever seen somebody do something and you say, that ain't right? That ain't right. Amen. Somebody say something about somebody. That ain't right. That's not right. Amen. Somebody mistreat somebody. That ain't right. The Bible said all unrighteousness is sin. Amen. When you do what's wrong, everybody say that's sin. The Bible said to him in James chapter 4 and verse 17, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him that is sin. Amen. When we know what's wrong and we do it anyway, anyway, that's sin. When we know what's right and we don't do it, that is sin. And, and all of us right now are mulling over our histories, saying, "Woo, that's a lot of sin. Because there's a lot of times I knew what was right and I didn't do it. And there's a lot of times I knew what was wrong and did it anyway. And the Bible said it's sin. And so in the process of all of that, how many in here could tell me, just stand up right now and tell me everything you've ate in your lifetime? Just start listing it off. Every meal, every this and every that. We couldn't remember all of that. And sin's quite like that. It's something that we do all day, every day without God. It's in our fleshly nature. And we could never list all the things that we've done. The times that we knew it was wrong, we did it anyway. The times we knew what was right to do, and we did not do it. We have accumulated a rap sheet of sin, and soap can't get it off of you. And wearing a mask and a facade can't get it off of you. Putting on a masquerade, it's not going to cover up the sin because our sin is ever before God. Amen. God sees it. God knows everything. Amen. It's all on record in heaven. Amen. We have a sin problem that God can see all that we've done. Amen. And we can't get to our record to wash it clean. Amen. What a hole that we have gotten ourselves into. What a hole we dig outside of God. Praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. And so the Bible, the Bible through the prophet Isaiah is saying to the people that would read it, both then and now, come now. This is an urgent problem. 
This is a right now, today problem. The Bible said today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. This is something I need to get right right now. Amen. I can't wait till tomorrow. I don't want to push it off. Amen. I need to get this right right now. And so he uses the words, come now, let us reason together. This is, this is a judicial term. Paul did it when Paul was witnessing to people and trying to convert them to Christianity. The Bible said it was his custom to reason with them. You ever talk to somebody that didn't have the facts? They had all kinds of gossip, but they didn't have any proof. You know, you can't write a book like that. You can, but nobody's going to read it. At the end, people want references. They want to know you knew what you were talking about. Amen. And Paul wasn't coming to them just rambling off a bunch of nonsense. And when he was braced on it, didn't have an answer. He said, I ain't scared to talk about this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. If you need some references, I've got thousands. I've got thousands, amen, that had a sin problem, but then they came to Jesus, amen, and God took care of it, and they sinned no more, amen. Their thoughts were changed. Their habits were changed. Their appetite was changed. When you've seen it work, and that's what the Bible said in the New Testament, they were talking about the things they had both seen and heard through the Word of God. Amen. And they were reasoning. It takes a mind to reason. It takes, it takes slowing down to reason. But let me tell you what else it takes to reason with somebody. The person that you are reasoning with has to be reasonable. Herein lies the rub, praise God. This is the issue that we have trying to help folks with their salvation is you got to find somebody that's reasonable. <laughs> Amen. Listen to what Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, verse 3 of, of 2 Thessalonians, or for, chapter 3, verse 1 of 2 Thessalonians. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may deli be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. It's not everybody that has faith. And it's not everybody that's reasonable. Paul, Paul's writing to the church. He said, please pray for me. That God would deliver me from unreasonable people. Amen. I want to preach to somebody today that's, that's reasonable. Amen. And you recognize today I've done some things in my life that aren't right. I realize I'm a sinner. Now we can talk because for that sin I have an answer. Amen. And for the life you've been living, I've got deliverance in Jesus Christ. Amen. I've got the answer and I can reason with somebody that's reasonable. Amen. It doesn't always work, but that's why they pool jurors and get together and they vet them because they're trying to find people that are reasonable. You don't want somebody in there that hears voices. Amen. Because the voices may be telling them stuff that's going to make them have a bad verdict. Praise God. You don't want people that are tampered with, that don't understand the importance of pure law. Praise God. Reasonable people. 
And then it's the job of the lawyers, prosecutor, defender, to stand in front of the juror and reason out the facts to a conclusion that is beyond a reasonable doubt. It takes reasonable people to get to the right conclusion. Amen. Paul said, God, would you please deliver me from unreasonable men? If I can find somebody that's reasonable, I've got the answer for them. I've got the help that they're looking for. I've got the solution. I can show them in the word of God. I can lead them to Jesus Christ. He'll prove himself to them. And so Isaiah said, we have to do this together. I'm going to preach to you the possibilities And you and I, when we hear the word of God preached to us, we have to be reasonable enough to receive what the word of God is delivering to us. Let us reason together. You want to know why folks stand up and say amen and get with the preacher? Because what he's preaching to them, they're seeing in the word of God. Amen. And they're reasonable enough, amen, to say, I see it. I realize it's there. I'm not going to argue with the forever settled word of God. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth. But this word is going nowhere. And it is profitable. And if I will receive it and I will enact it in my life, it's going to profit me in my life. And it's going to change me. And it's going to make a difference. And when I look around and see the way things are right now, I want to be reasonable enough to say, God, if you can help me, I'm not leaving the Rock Church until I get what I need for my soul. I need a change in my life. I need some help in my life. There's some, amen, some shackles, some addictions, some vices that need to be broken. Hallelujah. Reasonable. Listen to what he says. Though your sins be as scarlet. Now, we read a lot of the Bible and we we don't quite understand what it's saying because we didn't live in Bible times. But he's, he's speaking of clothing dyes here. They used a worm. I have the science word, scientific word written down in my notes. But I'm just going to say scarlet worm because that's what folks like me called it. And they would use that worm and they'd use its eggs and they'd mush it and mesh it and they would create a dye. And they would dip clothing in that dye. And a scarlet dyed garment was dyed so deep red, it was twice dipped in this dye, that it was considered irreversible. That forever and ever that garment was going to be dark. They might make it darker. They they might make it dirty and make it look even darker. Amen. But it was never going back to the white that it used to be. Amen. That crimson garment was once dyed. And when they would try to reverse it, amen, it would only go so far. But it too could never be quite like it used to be. You got the real bad folks And then you got the good folks. But I got news for you. In God's eyes, sinners are sinners. Let's be reasonable today. You can come in and say, I've got a lot going for me. Amen. I'm telling you, you still need God. Things are okay in my life. Okay is not good enough. We need God. We need God to make everything the way it's supposed to be. I'm not okay with mediocre. I'm not okay with okay. I want to be what God can make me. I want to see what God can do. Amen. When his fingerprints are on my life, I want to see the difference that God makes. 
Somebody clap your hands if that's the way you feel about it. <laughs> and he, he uses the word though. Though your sins be as scarlet. Though they be like crimson. Even though. Even though. You don't know how bad things are in my life. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where. Even though. Come on, this is salvation I'm preaching to us tonight. Amen. This is the power of God. This is what God can do. Amen. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be like crimson, they shall be as wool. Be reasonable. You come to God, he's offering you a complete and total reversal. When you go down in the water of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Amen. Let's be reasonable today. Though you feel like you're crimson, or though you feel like you're even worse, and you're scarlet, everybody needs God. Everybody needs a cleansing. The good folks and the bad folks. We all have a sin problem, and we need a God. Amen. To come and Help us. And he said, so it's on you and it's on me as hearers of the word of God. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You know, he's, he's talking to a people that had, because of their actions, wound up conquered by other nations and brought into captivity. And he said, you are... You are working, producing good, and having to give it to them. That's what sin will do. It'll, it'll work you to death, and you'll get nothing in the end. The wages of sin, the outcome is not, amen, some glorious ending. The wages of sin is death. The Bible said that there's pleasure in sin for a season. But after a season, come on, farmers. What comes after a season? It's, it's time to harvest. Amen. You are going to reap what you sowed. There's a payday coming, and it's not one that you should look forward to. So be reasonable. In the big middle of it all, you can bring the sins you've committed. You can bring them, though they're like crimson, though they're worse like scarlet. And you can give them to God, and he will make them whiter than snow. If you be willing and obedient, the God of the harvest, the God from whom all blessings flow, he said, I will make sure you eat the good of the land, that the blessings in life won't be squandered anymore, your inheritance won't be wasted anymore like it was with the prodigal, if you be willing and obedient. Sin problem, amen, needs a God to help, needs a God to intervene. David, David saw himself, and he prayed to God a prayer. He said, open unto me the gates of righteousness, and I will go in. God, if you'll just give me a chance to be right, if you'll just give me a chance to go into the safety of righteousness. Amen. Righteousness has parameters. 
there's a right and a wrong, so there's clear boundaries. But inside of those boundaries, if I live in what's right and I let God help me get there, amen, it's safe there. Inside of those boundaries, there's no adversary to steal things from me and destroy things in my life. So I will eat the good of the land. David said, open the gates. That's what a reasonable person will say. God, you give me a chance. Amen. If salvation is real, if you can really wash away my sins, if you can really give me power in the Holy Ghost, open up to me the gates of righteousness and I will run in. I have literally seen people run to an altar. Get out of their pews. The minute that reasoning of Scripture gets to them and they realize I don't have to stay one more second in the state that I'm in. I don't have to spend one more hour, amen, in Satan's captivity. I don't want to have to spend one more moment going downhill. Amen, they ran to an altar. Amen, God, if the gates are open, here I come. Amen, I don't want to stay where I am. I know I need help. I know I need salvation. That is the response of a reasonable man. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? These are people that were looking at themselves and being honest, being reasonable, and saying, I need help. And God, if there's an open door for me to be saved, I want to go through it. And if there's a way for me to be delivered from this wretched man that I am, amen, God, you show me the way and I will go in it. I'm preaching to us today that Simon Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom, amen, stood on the edge of the upper room window or balcony and preached to thousands that were in the street. And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the removal. That sin, amen, that the niter couldn't wash away. That sin that much soap could not wash away. Amen. He said, if you go down to the name of Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. Neither is there salvation in the other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And he, he preached to them. Matter of fact, the Bible said with many other words. You know what that says to me? <laughs> I ain't the only long-winded preacher. I ain't going to be long-winded tonight. Don't get nervous. Amen. But with many other words did he testify and exhort. He said, I gave you a way out. I showed you. I handed you the keys. And then he said, save yourself. Now it's time for you to be reasonable and run the opposite direction that you've been going and run toward God. And the Bible said 3,000. Can I preach to you tonight and tell you that wasn't everybody that was in that street? There were some folks that weren't reasonable and they went back to the life that they had been living and did not experience being added to the kingdom of God. Amen. Did not experience, amen, the power of the blood of Jesus. Did not experience the power of the Holy Ghost in their life. But 
Austin. What a service. 3,000 gladly received the word. And they were baptized. They were reasonable. Simon Peter reasoned with them. He said, you crucified your Lord. Thank God. Thank God that he came back after three days and didn't leave us. He didn't say, you know what, I'm glad to be out of here. Amen. He arose in three days and Simon Peter's preaching Jesus to him. And when they see I can step up a big level right now, amen, I can really have a change in my life, a 180, a complete change, a total change, all things become new. They gladly received the word and they were baptized, amen, and they were added to the redeemed. They were added to the delivered. They were added, amen, to those that were walking in light and truth and power. Because when the reason came to them, they responded reasonably and said, here we are. And we're not leaving until we get what you came for. We're not leaving until we get what we need for our soul. We're not leaving until we get that promise that you just said is unto us and our children and all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call, I'm sold. Can I tell you something? I'm 40 years old this year. Amen. It's been 34 years since I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's not been a day I've regretted it. Somebody needs to be reasonable tonight. Somebody needs to be reasonable. It was the best choice I made. Amen. It was the best decision I've ever made when I said yes to the Word of God. I said yes to mercy. I said yes to grace. I said yes to the blood of Jesus Christ. reasoning with somebody today you've got condemnation in you there's things you've done that if you don't get them right you're condemned already the Bible said when we come to God there is now therefore no condemnation what happened because the verdict was already read The wages of sin was death. And the Bible told me I can't get rid of them by myself. But now there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So now you got people walking around with the Holy Ghost with no condemnation. Amen. It's as though the verdict was never there. It's as though the sin was never committed. Why is there no condemnation? Because there was a washing. There was a cleansing. The Bible said the power of Jesus' blood can cover the multitude of sins. Doesn't matter. You bring it to God and you lay it on the altar. If you will confess and forsake. Can I reason with you today? The wages of sin is death. But the gift, unearned, couldn't purchase purchase it with money. It was a gift. You're standing in court, verdict already been read. Guilty! And the punishment is death. And after that, 
Along comes your lawyer. The man on your side, which for the Rock Church, is Bishop Williams. And he says, yes, I know the verdict has been read. Yes, I understand you have been found guilty. You know you're guilty. God knows you're guilty. But there's a gift that has been offered. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And in the courtroom, in the courtroom, I can see the defender, the defending attorney sitting down with his client and saying, I don't understand this because you've been found guilty, but a gift has been handed to us that if you will plead guilty, even though your entire life you refused guilt. Your entire life, hey man, you claim to be being accused of things you didn't do. One time, I don't have any paper. I'll use my handkerchief. You, you lived your whole life covering up. God's seeing right through it. around you fooled so you feel like you're really accomplishing something. But he said, if you will confess, we've got an option today. I'm almost done. We've got an option today. We can either keep on going. And on judgment day, when the Bible said, as the tree falleth, so lieth it. What that means is when this is all wrapped up and we stand before God, there's no change in who you are. Whether it's by death or by the resurrection of the church, as the tree falleth, so lieth it. That's why you need to get it right while you still got breath in your body and Jesus has not yet returned. The Bible said the reason he hasn't come back yet is he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants everybody to take advantage of the gift. And the judge himself took off his robe and stepped down and went through the punishment for our sins so that he could climb back up on his, on his throne, the judge's bench, and say, listen, there is a way. He created it himself. He so badly wants to say to you, in the end, well done, my good and faithful servant, that he came down, amen, and went through all the punishments so you don't have to. He, he went through the pain so you don't have to. He paid the price on the cross. That blood he shed was in your place and in my place. And now he's put a preacher in a pulpit and it's been preached here over and over. I'm not coming with something new. This is the plan of salvation. That as the man of God because I'm fat, but I get up here and I sweat. And I preach, I'm reaching for you today. 
I'm reasoning with you. Don't leave in your sin. Don't leave in condemnation today. Amen. You don't have to be. You don't have to be condemned when you walk out these doors. Your record can be clean. Amen. Though it be like scarlet. Though it be like crimson. If you're reasonable and you respond. If you're willing and obedient to the word of God. You will eat the good of the land. You'll find blessings in your life. You'll find cleansing in your life. Amen. You will find Find power in your life. And so we stand before God today. Let's stand. And the judge is saying to us today, either you can plead guilty and in the end be found innocent or you can wait till the end and be found guilty with no more grace and with no more mercy. Listen to me today. I've preached in penitentiaries, jails, rehab centers. I've preached tent revivals, street revivals. I've preached on Holt Street in Pomona, California. Prostitute walked through the door. Mascara running down her face, lifting her hands in the presence of God and watched even though she was doing things that were unseemingly and sinful, she was reasonable. I've seen murderers, drug addicts and alcoholics, hey man, I've, I've had them come into services when they still had the alcohol on their breath and the drugs in their system and come down to an altar. That in the midst of the haze of all of what was going on in their mind under the effects of those substances, they still had enough in them to be reasonable. Come down to an altar and lift their hands and watch God sober them up right there and fill them with the Holy Ghost as they come and plead guilty before God and be honest with God who sees it anyway. Amen. They're reacting reasonably. I want us to empty the pews out today and come down to this altar. This church is well equipped and well taught to help you pray. And all you've got to do is come down and stand before the judge. Brother Kreider is not the judge. Bishop Williams is not the judge. Jesus Christ who so badly wants you to be saved that he, he endured pain beyond description. He was beaten Amen. Beyond identification. Is looking for somebody to come and take advantage of the gift. Yes, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Repentance and baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Death, burial, and resurrection. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. God is moving in this place. Is there somebody that would lift your hands in the presence of God and respond reasonably to what God is offering us today? If you're here and you've never repented of your sins, it doesn't have to be eloquent. You don't have to list your sins. You just have to say, I'm a sinner in God. If you'll forgive me, I want to change. Amen. I want to take advantage of this gift. I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But I want to be reasonable enough not to pass it by. 
What a gift. I don't have to go to hell. I don't have to pay for my sins. Stand before you today, confessing and forsaking. Your word promises I shall have mercy. Let's lift our hands and our voices right now. Let's talk to God. Come on, would you talk to him today? If you'll ask God to forgive you of your sins in sincerity today, we'll baptize you in Jesus' name and we're prepared to do that. God will wash your record clean. Everything that stood to condemn you, everything, amen, that was holding you to condemnation and the verdict of death will be washed away before you leave this place. And then the judge will walk with you. The Holy Ghost will empower you to never go back again. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost works. The Holy Ghost works. Amen. The power of God will change you. The power of God will seal you. The power of God will keep you. Come on. Amen. Somebody be reasonable in the house of God right now. Amen. Lift your voice. Here I am, God. Work in my life. Have your way in my life. Yes. Deliver. I found joy. And right now